0: Good to see you all again. It's uh, Super Bowl Sunday, which is uh, really exciting for like, I think, 80% of us. I'm sorry for the 10% that are not into uh, football. Uh, uh, However, you may have noticed that there's been quite a lot of talk uh, the last two weeks, uh, something about deflate gate. uh, I mean, it just seems to go on and on and on and, and talk, 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 talk. And uh, it does come a point where you think, okay, enough with the talk. You know, can we like, uh, get on with it? Can we do this stuff? Uh, can the game finally start? So uh, hopefully you're excited about the game uh, like I am. Uh, but however, I, I think there's an analogy here. For most of us, uh, we're not going to ever play football. You know, I mean, we look at the Super Bowl and its entertainment uh, and we like to uh, cheer for our team. and uh, But we're not actually ever going to do it. I mean, you know, play football? No. But do we have a lot to say about it? Oh, yes. We've we got lots to say about it. I mean, we, uh, you know, our opinions, we want everybody to hear what we think and, and our take on deflate Gate, And, uh, you know, every, we just love people who listen to our opinions. Is it like that with your faith? I mean, do you just like talking about Jesus and talking and talking and talking and having your opinion and this verse and that verse, but you don't actually ever do it? Uh, That's what we want to look at today. Uh, James uh, sort of nails us between the eyes with this because uh, he tells us that uh, our faith uh, is totally dead unless we've got deeds. So uh, I've titled uh, today's message, Do Good. I mean, it's my best English, Do Good. In fact, my whole outline is tremendous English. Uh, I had a hard time getting it past uh, Bernadette. Uh, She queried me several times, Rob, is this a colon or a semicolon? I said, I don't care, just do good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, what I'd like you to get out of this message today is really a a reflection on how you're doing, Uh, how you're doing with your faith, Uh, and uh, a reflection on is your faith real enough that it's transformed you in some way, shape, or form that you're actually doing good for others? Uh, And in doing good for others, are you finding that really rewarding? Because I believe God has designed us in this way that he has given us gifts, he's given us talents, and he wants us to use them. Uh, And as we do that, uh, there's something really rewarding for us. And obviously, for the person that's on the receiving end, the beneficiary, hopefully it really makes a difference in their lives. I mean, for instance, one of our church members, uh, Daphne, fell this last week, she broke her leg. Now, as you can imagine, there's pain involved in that. But in her particular case, they, you know, from India and they do not have a big social uh, family structure here. So she's got Isaac, a, a real young son. Well, this is a real big deal because, you know, now how's Ronald going to get to work and who's looking after the baby? And, uh, and you know, it's just really comforting and rewarding when someone like I really will end up in hospital and go and pray for uh, Daphne and, uh, you know, like, how can we help you? And uh, you, not only comfort her, but like, can we do something, uh, you know, useful? Can we, is it something we can help because of our faith in Christ? Uh, let's put it into action. So let me just uh, ask God, Lord, I just pray that you'd empower me to preach today. Lord, I'm asking that you'd change our lives, that you'd transform us. That, Lord, that our love for you uh, would be uh, something which just is captivating for us. That we desire to please you and to do good deeds as a result. Uh, In your name, Jesus. Amen. If you've got a Bible, uh, if you'd open it to James chapter 2. And... uh, Chapter 2, verse 14. James says it right out of the bat. He says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it in your actions? I mean, it's just a direct challenge. Okay, you say you believe in God. You say you're a believer. You you say you like Jesus. Uh, Now, can you prove it? What what deeds do you have? Uh, And then he says, can that kind of faith save anybody? You know, one that you can't show anything for it? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, and have a great day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? okay, Daphne, I heard you broke your leg. You know, good luck. Uh, You know, see you later. Um, Sorry about that. You know, we'll see you in church in a month when you're feeling better. It's like, really? You know, is is something like missing? Uh, So I've titled the the first point in my sermon outline. If you've got an outline and you care to follow along with my great English here, you'll see the first one is, uh, do good deeds. Do good deeds. Uh, What God is asking us to do uh, in this little opener here, he's saying do good deeds. And firstly, do them for those that are in the church. Uh, Serving those in the church should be pretty easy because we kind of like family and you kind of get to know where people are at. If you're involved in church in any sort of level, you get to know people. And we've all got different needs one way or another. We can all help others within the church. And, uh, you know, my experience at this particular church, while we're not perfect, uh, we do try and people really do have a good heart where they're going above and beyond often to try and help others. I mean, it's really encouraging the number of people that that try and help others in this church. It, it, uh, It really is remarkable. And sometimes, you know, we do a little ministry around it, uh, helping hands. Sue uh, Birchman, I think, is running that, uh, saying, hey, listen, you know, if somebody has a, a baby, or someone's sick, or, you know, can we get them some food, some meals, so they don't have to worry about cooking that. And people in church say, hey, i will like to cook a little meal, and bring it in, and or deliver it to the family, and uh, help them out in that sort of small way. Uh, others have said, hey, you know, we want to start a, a mentoring ministry where we can help kids that don't have dads and uh, try and be a you know, good fatherly influence in their lives or uh, some other way of uh, helping other kids that are battling or need some other help and support. And, you know, somebody's saying, I'll do that. I'll, I'll step in and I'll take a night out during the week uh, and focus on just being there for somebody. Uh really totally unselfishly it's really great Uh, and then there's another group in the church where uh, you've all gotten together and say you know somebody in our family either it's a a child or a grandchild or somebody's a special needs kid and and the parents are saying okay we need to figure this out like how do we do this and how do we support each other and and you guys have all formed a group to help each other and and uh, it's really it's great it's really great and I God is not asking us to stop just in the church. It's also do good deeds outside of the church. Uh, it's a natural next step overflow. Uh, the last time we did like an all church project in this regard was Christmas Eve. Uh, Dasha Klinger said, hey, you know, uh, how about we go and hand out, as many of you participated in this uh, fun exercise, to... Uh, Great cookies that were professionally uh, baked and beautifully wrapped, and we go give them to all those folks that are working on Christmas Eve. And uh, hopefully, you had a good time doing that. Uh, And then others come to me afterwards and say, Well, Rob, how did that go? You know, you never give us any feedback. (laughs) It's like, Because you don't give me feedback often. But uh, I got feedback in the mail, Uh, the Hopkinton Police Department wrote me a handwritten note saying thank you so much for whoever it was. Who was the hero that delivered to Hopkinton Police? <laughs> I don't know who it was that did that, but uh, thank you very much. That was great. Who was it, right? Oh, the Lynches. Okay. Oh, don't clap too much for them. They Seahawks fans, okay? Just... <laughs> 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 but, you know, often uh, folks are doing things in the church that uh, we're saying, look, we want to just get out in the community and try and just do good. You know, it doesn't have to be big things. Sometimes simple things uh, really make a big difference, whether it be face painting, balloon animals, you know, or whatever. It, it just like, can we get out there and do something? And the question I'm asking is, how are you doing? You know, what are you doing? What are you involved in? And uh, not only that, like, does it give you life? Uh, is it fulfilling? How, how are you doing with that? There's, you know, different aspects to this. Uh, if you've got kids in high school, uh, you'll notice uh, that there's a new trend uh, that's sort of getting some momentum, and it's really encouraging, and that is that the schools and are expecting kids to do social service things, like, you know, you get credit for it, and you kind of have to do it, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a great thing. It gets uh, our kids thinking, like, okay, we need to give back to society, and I think it's really a great thing. However, uh, what I'm talking about today isn't really that, because we can do, you know, nice things, acts of kindness. We can pay it forward, uh, which I think is a good thing. Uh, however, there's something more to it. We can pay it forward and do it with a motive of being totally self-serving. Uh, we can say, well, I'm going to do that because I want to see if it makes me feel good. Or I'm going to do a, a service project because the school requires it. Or if I don't do it, I'm not going to get the credits I need, and then I can't you know, get whatever the accolades are that, you know, that I'm going to need to get. So I have to do it. So really the motive becomes, okay, I need to do it because it will help me. But what I'm talking about today is uh, not only doing good things like that, but what is the motive for doing it? Is the motive about making you great, and does it make you feel good, which I think it should, and I'm not belittling that, but I'm saying there's a higher reason to do it. Can you do it because you're trying to please Jesus? Uh, I mean, you know, there's just something uh wonderful, uh, you know, when your kid does something for you and the sole reason they want to do it is just to please you. They're not doing it so that, you know, you give them pocket money or they do it so that you'll buy them something. No, they just do it, you know, just some random thing, you know. And, and you say, wow. So what's our motive for doing good things? Is it, it, You know, yes, it should be pleasing to us, but it shouldn't be puffing us up it should be lifting Christ up. And uh, I think we should should do that. Another strange thing that seems to happen when we enter into this world of trying to be kind and nice to others, we sort of have to get used to the idea that when we step into this arena that people are going to misunderstand us and that people are going to actually be unkind back. Some people. Most people are just like really appreciative, but often you're going to be misunderstood and you're going to be mistreated, and it, it's really a you know a strange thing. Here you are trying to do a good deed or try and help somebody out, and uh, then you find out wow you got yelled at or uh, you know something really surprising uh, happened. I heard the story recently. Somebody in the last snowstorm uh, thought, I oh, mean, I really need to help my neighbor. My neighbor's uh, elderly, and I'm going to go. Snow blow their driveway. So they did. And they're just finishing snow blowing the driveway. And the snowplow guy came up and he started yelling at him. Don't ever do that again. This has been a bad season. I need the money. What the heck do you think you're doing? Get out of there and don't even think about it. And look, oh, I was just trying to do a good deed. I mean, <laughs> you'll be misunderstood. Jesus was misunderstood. Don't stop doing good deeds as a result. Do them. Just just like kind of know that, you know, people might not understand why you're doing them. And and might not be giving you the strokes. You want to get the strokes from Jesus, not necessarily necessarily from the person that you're serving. Uh, that's the what I'm trying to say here. Uh, I will agree with James. I better agree with James uh, because <laughs> <laughs> he's the smart one. I'm just like <laughs> teaching what he's saying. Uh, but, you know, uh, many of you like to grow vegetable gardens, uh, and, uh, you know, if you grow a vegetable garden, you're expecting vegetables. I mean, you don't just grow them for the mechanics of growing the thing, you know, and if you don't get uh, vegetables, you get kind of frustrated. Uh, and in a similar kind of a way, as believers, or as followers of Christ, uh, uh, Christ is sort of expecting us to have Good works, to have good deeds, that we do things. And uh, it's not just okay to be growing vegetables and they're just green. They need to actually be green and produce. You know, Uh, there's something that we want to see from it. But not only is it good deeds, my second point with my great grammar is do good, do good faith. Good faith. Do good faith. What do I mean by do good faith? Uh, Let me just read this to you. James uh, 2.17. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. I mean, it really does need to produce good deeds. Otherwise, your faith is dead and useless. Now, some may argue some people have faith, but others have good deeds. But I say, how how can you show me your faith if it doesn't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Uh, good faith. I mean, good theology. Good understanding about deeds and faith. Uh, this little passage uh, has stirred no small amount of uh, controversy. Uh, and, I mean, it sort of gets a lot of theological play, maybe too much play. And all of you are smiling because you all know this controversy. You've all figured it out. But for the... Two of you that haven't figured it out, uh, this is the way it works. The question is, uh, do you have to have good works in order to be saved? Meaning, do you have to have good works in order to be a Christian? Do you have to have good works in order to have eternal life? Uh, Are you going to go to heaven because of good works? Okay, that's the the framework. And uh, the answer is sort of a resounding no. Okay, it's not dependent... You're not going to heaven because of your good works. Uh, You're not a Christian because of your good works. You're not born again because of your good works. Uh, It's not that. Okay, it's a a different question. Uh, The question really is one of progression or sequence of events. Uh, The first part of the sequence of events is faith. The second part of the sequence of events is good deeds. Now, when you get them reversed, it's a problem. In other words, it's not good deeds to get you saved so that you go to heaven. It's you have faith first, and then it produces good deeds. Uh, that's that's the issue. Now, if you involved in any background any cults, or if you've got people knocking at your doors uh, trying to tell you stuff invariably they've taken this verse and turned it around where they're saying, okay, I'm a Jehovah's witness and uh, I have to knock on your door because by knocking your door and doing enough door knockings, I'm going to go to heaven. And so the leaders of the church will say you have to do this and that's why they do do it. They're highly motivated to do it because they really want to get into heaven and this is one of the ways you get into heaven. You've got to do good works, do these good things and Uh, you say, yeah, but you kind of got the thing twisted around. It's back to front. A good verse uh, to see the sequence of events is Ephesians 2, verse 8 through 10. Let me read it to you. God saved you by his grace. God saved you. You got into heaven. You are born again. You are a Christian uh, you're in the family, uh, you, his son or daughter, whatever phraseology you want to use, because of God's grace when you believed. Okay, get the sequence right. Uh, God initiates, you respond when you believe. And then it carries on and says, and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. In other words, you can't work it. You, you can't work your way into heaven. You're not ever going to be good enough. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. Uh, So, you know, on the one hand, we get our theology all mixed up. But on the other hand, we are James is asking the question, are you walking your talk? I mean, don't just be a talking head, just a talk, 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 but actually do stuff. I mean, that's the point that James is making. James was the head of the Jerusalem church. I mean, he's like a pastor. He, he like preached all the time. He had the theology down. He was Jesus' brother. I mean, he, he knew the stuff, but he was saying, now, come on, guys, are you doing it? Or are you just like talking about it? Uh, Let me just run through a whole bunch of uh, scriptures here rather quickly uh, because this fact, I really just want to make sure we got this straight. Uh, I want to make sure we got this sequence of events thing straight, like it's faith first, it's deeds aft second. We're going to get it from Jesus, from Paul, from the apostle John, and from John Calvin. How's that? I mean, four people, right? Here we go. I'm just gonna shoot a whole bunch of verses at you. Jesus says this, Matthew 25. I'll do 40 first in case we got them back to, out of order. I tell you the truth. When you did it for the least for when you did it to one of these, of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. So Jesus is saying, look, when you serve somebody, anybody, you're really serving me. Uh you're doing it for me. Uh Matthew seven twenty-one. Uh, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. There's someone to ponder. These two going hand in hand. Paul puts it this way. I've read Ephesians 2:10. Uh, uh, it says in Titus 3:8, "This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you, uh, I want you to insist on these teachings." so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. Devote yourselves to doing good. Devote yourself to doing good. Galatians 6.10, therefore, whenever we have an opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith, especially you guys within the church. Start there. Don't end there, but especially there. The Apostle John puts it this way in 1 John 3.17, If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. And then John Calvin, the reformer, the great reformer, this is like 1500s, he says it this way. It's faith alone that justifies but faith that justifies can never be alone. Uh, you know, it's like you, you can't have faith and be dead. You can't be growing a vegetable garden that doesn't produce vegetables. I mean, just like it's not a vegetable garden. It's something else. You might call it a vegetable garden. You might call yourself a Christian. But if there isn't any fruit, if there isn't any vegetables coming out of your faith, uh, you're really like, okay, there's something missing. you like a sick Christian, <laughs> maybe. But you're not a healthy Christian. Uh, anyway, so uh, another way of looking at the same deeds and faith and earning your way into heaven really could be a different question that both Paul and James are an- answering. The question Paul is answering, the apostle, is how can you know that you're a Christian? But James is really asking the question uh, how do you show that you're a Christian? How do you show it? So do good. It might be very interesting for some to know that even demons have faith. Uh, You know, so talking about all the different angles here, uh, James is covering another angle. He says, you may say, in verse 19, "Uh, you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. In other words, what James is going at here is you might be a great, like, Christian, you, like, got all the verses sorted out. Uh, you've got this figured out. And he's saying, well, you sort of managed to get yourself to the level of a demon. I mean, like, demons believe in God, too. Oh, praise the Lord, you believe in Jesus, you know. Uh, look, when we do surveys in America and we say, like, how many people in America believe that they're Christians? Oh, like 80%. Uh, How many of you believe that Jesus like died on the cross and and if you confess your sins, you're going to go to heaven and you've asked him into your heart? Yeah, sure, a whole bunch. Yep, yep, I believe all that too. Uh, And then you say, well, okay, is there any sort of remote, like even teeny, we need a little demonstration of that evidence in your life like, oh, no. Oh, good grief, no. I mean, do you even show up to church? Oh, no, why would I do that? I believe in Jesus. I don't need church. Oh, really? Okay, well... James is on your case. He says, you're about as good as a demon. I mean, you're doing awesome. <laughs> he says, well, James says it this way. Good for you. <laughs> Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? I mean, he's just like nailing this point. I mean, he's like, okay, I feel guilty. What am I doing? Uh, but You know, I don't think we we should necessarily see it totally that way because there is something really rewarding about responding or living the way God has designed us to respond or live. When we do things the way God has created us to do, uh, it's just like really encouraging. It's really rewarding. You know, When you grow your tomato plants in the middle of the summer, I mean, that thing is not sitting there like, I'm going to force this tomato out. And you see the leaves just shaking and shimmely like, oh, boom, tomato, wow, I did it. I mean, it just kind of like happens, right? I mean, one day it's like, wow, where do all the tomatoes come from? You know, great. And if it doesn't, it's like, cut that thing off. I'm done with this stupid vegetable, you know, that's not growing. And you see worms in it or something. It's like, ah, that's the problem. No, God wants us to have healthy, living faith. Uh, And he gives us... Uh, Two examples here. Uh, do good. I mean, he has two, like, really significant biblical biblical examples. Uh, I'll read them to you quickly. Uh, One's Abraham and one's Rahab, the prostitute. Verse 21, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions work together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it, 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 so it happened just as the scriptures say. Abraham believed God and God counted, it, uh, counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Then the second example, Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so faith is dead without good works. Now, if you contrast these two stories that we have here, uh, I mean, there's like almost nothing in common. I mean, Abraham's a man, Rahab's a woman. Abraham is Jewish, Rahab is Gentile. Abraham uh, has lots of time to develop his faith. I mean, he's really walked with the Lord, he's thought about it, and then when he was challenged, you know, he responded well. Rahab had like almost no time to develop her faith. I mean, she's a prostitute, she's in the city, these spies come in, they basically tell her about the Lord and, and you know, this city is evil, and she's like, I get it, I need to do something good, I'm going to protect these spies, and she does. Very short time to develop a faith. Uh, Abraham is a patriarch and Rahab's a prostitute. I mean, you look at these stories, the thing that they have in common is they both believed and then did something about it. And God is saying, that's what I expect. That's what I want. That's normal, healthy uh, faith. Uh, before we leave this topic of good deeds uh, I think what also often gets missed in this whole conversation uh, is the benefit theologically of doing good deeds which are pretty significant Uh, not to get your salvation but it seems that it makes a big deal in eternity like what's your life going to look like after death is very much dependent on what you did when you were still here uh, so a, a handy verse is one page over in first uh, 1 peter first 1 peter 117 and remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites he will judge or reward according to what you do jesus will judge and reward you according to what you do not what you believe what you do So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time as foreigners in this land. As foreigners in this land. Uh, uh, What you do, God is going to judge at the end of time, and how you've lived your life is going to depend on how you live your life in eternity. I mean, there's something to that. You know, faith is like calories. I mean, I know you know this one, but it's exactly the same as calories. Well, you can't see it, but you can see the result. Like calories. We want to have good results. Unlike calories, bad results often for us, but we wanna have good results. Uh l- Let me just end this way and say, you know, there is something that God is asking us to be blessed. He wants to bless us, but the blessing isn't that it stays with us. There's something dynamic about this that God wants to pour His love, His goodness, even His wealth into you, but it's not so that you hold it and contain it, it's so that you're a conduit, and you pass it along, that you use how God has blessed you to bless others. Uh, you know, if God is giving you a particular gift, uh, particular insights, uh, it's not so that you can just hog it. It's so that you can help, help others. And if you do hog it, you become like a stagnant pool. You, you just get stale. But if you allow the living water to flow in you and also flow out of you, Uh, that's the way you stay healthy. Uh, It's the way God has designed us. So it's quite okay to say, God, you know, I'm asking you for this. I'm asking you for talent. I'm asking you for gifting. But it shouldn't be just to puff yourself up. I mean, you're going to do well out of it. When God gifts you, it's a blessing. But it's not only for your consumption. It's also to bless others. Uh, That's the way God intends it. That's what God wants us to do. And it's our delight when we figure that out. When we figure out, you know, God has given me this talent, and when I help somebody else with that particular thing, it really blesses them. There's a twofold blessing. The one is it just feels really good for us. And if we're doing it in faith, it lifts Jesus up. It makes Jesus the hero uh, and not you. Uh, you know, that's that's the difference. So as we reflect back on our, You know, how are you doing in your faith? Uh, We're all in different categories. Uh, Some of you are saying, you know, I'm doing really well. I I enjoy serving the Lord. It gives me great delight. I'm I'm constantly uh, praying, Lord, you know, today, this week, uh, give me an opportunity to serve. Show me somebody or something or some way that I can be proactive and just uh, blessing somebody because I know it's a blessing to you. And uh, if somehow I can lift you up or somehow I can help somebody in your name, Jesus, uh, I, I want to do that. That's that's really fulfilling. Uh, and for some of you, you know, this is a new idea. And you're saying, okay, how do I go about it? Well, ask the Lord. Uh, each one of us I- I- is different. And, and it's this is not rocket science. This is just like, okay, we can all help somebody, love somebody, bless somebody. Uh, but for others of you, You you know, you're saying, okay, you know, do I know Jesus? Or am I mixed up about why I'm going to heaven? Or, you know, how do I get saved? Uh, And for you, that might be a whole new idea. It's like, okay, I'm never going to be good enough. I don't have to clean up my act first. I don't have to become uh, good before God is going to love me and accept me. I mean, the good news is that Jesus loves you not loves you when you first clean yourself up. No, he loves you because he made you. He designed you. Now, he doesn't love all the sinful things that you do. He doesn't love it when you mess up and you you know, do all the the ugly things you do. But he loves you. And uh, he's saying, look, if you'll allow me into your heart, I will help you clean up your act. Not because you're so smart, because my Holy Spirit is so powerful. And uh, that's a tremendous... Freedom that we all have. We don't have to figure it out. The Holy Spirit will guide us. I mean, that's why, you know, this falls under the category of wisdom. Can we have God's wisdom? Uh, God, can you help me despite myself or the fact that I'm not strong enough? And for some folks that are, like, strong-willed and, you know, you know, always do everything in their own strength, this can be a challenge because you feel like you have to prove yourself to God or whatever. But God loves you. He really loves you. Now, we're going to take a a communion, and I want you to think about this for communion. Uh, Jesus says we should do this regularly, communion. And when we do it, we should be thinking about him. And the aspect that we should be thinking about him is what he's done for us, uh, which is exactly what I've just been trying to articulate, where we don't have to work our way up. Jesus said, I'm going to die on the cross for you to give you access to the Father, access to the Father's love. The ability to receive your Holy Spirit, and I've done that for you. And then when Jesus does communion, what does he do? He says, I'm going to, you know, wash your feet. Think about it with his disciples. The last sort of impression he leaves with his disciples is serving them, doing like good deeds, and then telling the disciples, You need to do likewise. You need to have an attitude of, humility, and of service. You know, it's pointed towards Jesus. So, you know, this week, tomorrow, we've got a storm. You can, I'll give you the day off. Uh, You don't have to go to work. How's that? Ponder it for a little bit and think, okay, what am I doing? How how am I doing with my life? What is giving me life? What has God given me? What gifts has he given me? And am I applying those gifts? And with that, also think, if I do, it's going to be really rewarding. And it's a, you know, self-perpetuating uh, circle. We do something, we, it's rewarding, it pleases Jesus, so we enjoy it, so then we want to do it some more, and we keep doing it. That that should be normal, healthy uh, Christianity. Why don't we have the worship team uh, come on up, and uh, let me just pray as we take communion. Look, if you, in front of these posts, uh, come forward for communion down this way, and... Uh, I guess we've got doilies now in this thing. Now I don't know where to put these things. Oh, no? That's irreverent. I oh, don't Ron, you. You an elder in this church, do something good. <laughs> Another good deed he did. Wow, oh, here we go. And uh, you'll have to do the back ones too. But, you know, if you're in front of the post, come forward. And take communion for the back, uh, go there. But, you know, but we're asking God, we're saying seriously, Lord, uh, you died on the cross for us. You're stirring us. We're asking you to live within us. Transform us from within. Help us, Jesus. Uh, it's not how great we are, it's how great you are. And we want to be reminded of that. And we want to invite the Spirit of God to move within us and to give us the great delight of loving others in his name. So, Jesus, we thank you that you died on the cross. Jesus, I thank you that you love every single one of us because you made us in your image. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for every person here. Lord, I just pray that you'd fill them up, that you'd lift them up, that you'd give them the great gift of joy and of hope and of peace that only your spirit can do. And Lord, as we lift it up with joy and peace and hope, we would just delight and desire to want to pass it on to others and to tell others how great you are and what you've done for us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You're welcome to come forward at any point for communion or you can stay a while in your chair and come up in a bit. Lord Jesus, we pray for your blessing. Lord, I pray that your people will go out this week and experience your joy and your peace. Lord, I just pray that you transform all of us from within. Lord, that as we focus on you and say yes to you, you change us. You change us into who you want us to be. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross and setting us free. Amen. You're welcome to just uh, pray and and linger. Uh, If you'd like somebody from our prayer team to pray for you, uh, you're welcome to come up for prayer for any uh, need. But particularly if you're questioning, like, do I have living faith? You know, if you're battling with that thought, like, what is living faith? Do I have it? Uh, am I stuck? Uh, if you need prayer for that, and you just question God, do I really know You? Do I have living faith? Uh, I, I thought I knew You. I do know You, but I'm stuck. Uh, I, uh, if you want prayer in any in that vein, I encourage you to come forward. Our prayer team will pray for you. But uh, our service is over. Uh, you're welcome. to your get coffee up in the out in the lobby, uh, and if you want to just stay and and continue to pray and process, uh, you're welcome to do that. Uh, Bless you guys. Have a great uh, rest of the week.